Hello and welcome to this episode of How Would You Run That? A Dungeons & Dragons podcast and ideas factory with me, Lucas Tomlinson. And me, Jake Hanna. In this podcast, we'll be discussing some aspect of Dungeons & Dragons. An encounter, location, trap, puzzle, NPC, PC, god, magic item, or really anything that can exist in the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Importantly, we'll then be asking each other the question, how would you run that? At the end of each episode, one of us will reveal the topic for next week's episode to the other and ask, how would you run that? Giving us each a week to research, plan, and prepare how we would run said thing. Today's episode, the 45th President of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump. Jake, how would you run that? Sorry, I'm trying to get my ginormous slipper into position so I can be comfortable for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Ginormous slipper, that's an episode. (laughs) How would you run a massive fuck-off slipper? Yeah, I can't remember. Would you do it like Old Woman That Lived in the Shoe, or would you do it like it's... I don't know, you could have it clue in like a bit bit of a murder mystery, the the, the massive slipper. (laughs) Um, Like Cluedo-esque, like it was Gregory in the laboratory with the giant slipper <laughs> with the massive feet it's cool it's like a little um dog have you ever seen like double foot slippers yes it's one of those and for our listeners that don't know what one of these is it's a slipper that you can put both feet in i mean i understand it as a concept i've never do to show you i'll show you them. yeah show me right so this is the slipper it is larger than my Very head nice and there is the hole in which the feet go and <sighs> It's cool. It just lives under my desk for evening sessions of game. Because you know you wear your regular slippers, and that's fine. I mean, I yes, I'm a big, I'm a massive slipper advocate. I always have something on my feet, and it shoots them out of the house. As soon as I'm in the house, it's slippers. And it should be clogs, but it's not clogs. Well, we've, yeah, we've talked about that. But <laughs> the only time my feet are not covered in something is when I go to bed, or in the bath, or the shower, or something like. But like regular daytime, shoes or slippers, and it's always slippers at home. That means I'm home. Fair enough. If you want to be really pedantic, in the bath they're covered in water, in the bed they're covered in uh, duvet. You shit. <laughs> and everywhere else they're covered in air. Fuck off, parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where does the foot end and the skin start? What? No, uh, um, you're deflecting because you've just shown me that giant single slipper, which yes. I am not on board with yet. Okay. If it makes you feel better, I have... I mean, I've shown you one regular slipper. There is a secondary, <laughs> almost identical, but somewhat a mirrored version of this slipper, which, to be honest, I've had for about a thousand years. And they are my regular slippers, but I've made a mistake. I'm currently not wearing socks, and sock, no socks into slippers gets a little bit, for me, clammy, uncomfortable. Are you working from home today? Yes, but I was wearing socks during the workday, because I'm not a fucking criminal. I'm struggling to see why the socks are not on your feet now, then. Okay, let me tell you about my day. Had my work day. Finished my work day. Went for a run. Came back from the run. Walked the dog. To cool down from the run. Had a bath. Out of the bath. I'm not going to waste another pair of socks on the day. That is that is a dilemma. Right. I, and this, this is one of the reasons why I think that baths and showers and stuff at the start of the day. Not at the end of the day before you get to bed and then the bed's clean. Whatever rubbish. Hmm. You shower and bath at the start of the day so you only have to wear one set of clothes through the day. Generally, I'd be with you, but for two things. Thing the first, I am a hot, sweaty mess after a run, and I do not want to get into my bed <laughs> to be that guy. But the second thing is, my shower's been broken for about 10 weeks now, and we have had two plumbers 
ghost us. And so we're still taking baths, and I haven't got time for a bath in the morning before work. I mean, okay. I could, I mean, I empathize. It's terrible. Like, we had problems with the heating as well. Like, not, not fun. Um, but at the same time, I'm not advocating going to bed without a bath or a shower. Like, if you, if you exercise, you have to. You know, that, I'm not saying just take anything into bed and that's it. I'm saying. <laughs> What's that? You've been working in a grease pit all day. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a regular day, then you leave it to the next morning. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm a slipper purist. Because I, I, I also I understand the clammy feet. Yep. But then I'd have to put the socks on to get the slippers on because I couldn't go without slippers. Yeah. So throughout the course of the podcast, I'm going to be sort of like feet. In the slipper, feet partially out of the slipper, but still on the, the cushioned area of the slipper. I might put one foot in a real slipper and leave the other foot in the giant slipper just to give it some wiggle room. I'm going to mix it up. You're not going to know. I'm going to be in a, a convolution of comfort through the course of the evening. So I'm not going to know. It's like Schrodinger's slipper feet. I am both in and out of all the slippers at all times. Oh, it just... And I know, I know, I'm a bit pedantic about some things, and I'm a bit like I like things a certain way. But I just feel like you're making so many problems by not just wearing a pair of socks. Oh, you're absolutely right. I could solve all of these problems with a pair of socks. <laughs> oh, okay. That's 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 a clip we need to uh, to, to isolate and, and stick in the uh, the trailer. I am currently playing chaotic neutral podcast episode person. Oh, it's rubbing me up the wrong way. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable in my chair. <laughs> what else is going on it's been a while since we had a recording session so it's yes, good to get back in the seat fault. how are you better now I've had uh, enough of the poor immune system hmm. thankfully not COVID so that's cool but um, oh, I've just been off my feet for two weeks it's bad times so, yeah it sucks like walking like I've got a you know, reasonable walk to work in the day like half an hour there and back mm. I'm knackered like two weeks of activity, like half an hour walk, just flooring me. Like, yeah. I, I told myself now the weather's going to get better. I'm going to start running again, but just it's not happening yet. I need to, <laughs> I need to, you know, ease myself back into it. That feels like a double promise in somewhere like Sheffield, where like one way it's probably fine, but the other way it's awful. We just you start with the uphill and you make sure the downhills on the way home. Ah, yeah, smart. Nah, it's all right. We're we're in, we're in a pretty flat area where we are, so there's like a few nice running directions where it's not too. Really? Fair dues. Yeah. But I'm just really lazy. You're really lazy? Yeah, I'm really lazy, so I've not done anything yet. I thought I've done, I've done next to no exercise in the last year. I think it was maybe, I don't know if I told you, mm-hmm. it was maybe August, September time last year. I was getting a bit fed up of having not done any exercise because I quit football straight away when COVID broke out. Yeah. And I thought, you know, oh, you know, I best start running. So I did one of these challenges where you have to, like, uh, use an app to track how much you do. And I did basically 100K in eight days. Um, from 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 doing next to nothing exercise wise, I thought like, oh, I'll just smash it out. And I, you know, on the eighth day, I did a half marathon, like distance. Wow. And like, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed. Like, I did it, and it was cool that I did it. And you know, because I was running every day after work at the weekend and stuff. But um, yeah, I just knackered up my legs, and then I've done no exercise <laughs> since. I was like, I was hobbling around for a week afterwards. Oh, but I was like, I've done it. I've proved I can do it. I have done a year's worth of exercise in eight days. <laughs> I don't think it's how it works. <laughs> no, but put it in the bank. Well, it's just like it's sort of I've tricked myself into thinking I can turn it on whenever I like now. Hmm. So I don't need to keep it up. It's like if there's a reason to start needing to exercise again, I'll just I'll just you know, it's flick a switch and I'm back into it. Fair which enough. Which is a really bad way of operating. <laughs> Test that theory once every two months. Well, like I said, now that now that I've uh, you know, I've got to work myself up with the, the walk to work and back for yep. the next week or so and then I'll try and get back into it. Nice. So I've been doing some super exciting things. 
You know, I did. What's that? Since we Go talked on. the other week about... Um, <laughs> the Bullywugs, yeah. Bullywugs, yeah. So since your episode about the Bullywugs, and we talk about Hogs of War, yeah. I dug out like old emulators and old rips of PlayStation games, and I've been playing Digimon World this last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you... I can't remember, because I know when we were young, it was like a bit of a dodgy copy that we were playing. <laughs> like, And I, I feel like it wasn't possible to 100% the game because something just didn't work. There were, there were two things I recall. One of them is a, a game-breaking bug. There's a point where you get Gyromon, who looks a little bit like a... He's a ball with horns, and he has a chainsaw for some reason. And when you get him to come <laughs> to the city, it's quite late game. He puts a jukebox in Jigimon's house. Jigimon's like the... The old man one. Yeah, the, the Mr. Miyagi man that looks like a mop. Yeah. He's the one that has the house and tells you what to do. He has a house, and a jukebox gets installed in the house. I think it's the house anyway. Anyway, when you use the jukebox, it glitches your game, and that is ah, ultimate bullshit, um, which may have been a function of our hooky copy, which, to be honest, I have a rip of our hooky copy as well, so it still brings up with, like, the oh, Team really? Light Force star oh, thing at the start. That's it. So I had to go and find another another version. Just for the, the sake, because with the, the rip that <laughs> from back in the day, it cuts off the top, like, I don't know, couple of mil of the bar. So you know you've got like, the happiness and discipline bars. Yeah. They were always partially clipped off the bottom of the screen, and it's still the case with this now, so it must have been something with the way they'd ripped the disc. Don't tell me that there's, like, something incredibly important in those two mils that we never saw. No, but there is, like, the bottom half of the face of the discipline that we never saw. We always used to see, like, the yellow or the blue. And the blue yeah. had sunglasses and the yellow had like nerd yeah. glasses and we never really knew what was good or bad. Mm. Turns out yellow nerd is good. Oh really? Nerds are good? They are the disciplined ones and when they're super cool and blue, they are undisciplined. But I figured that out when they wouldn't eat the potties, which is a totally normal sentence. <laughs> oh, Digimon. Digimon was such a weird thing. It's like, they were obviously very similar to Pokemon. I mean, I don't know what, you know... You know these things always have like a longer history that you'd never heard about, but like mm. Digimon, like Pokemon were like, yes, they're the cool, everyone likes Pokemon. Digimon was sort of like the weird, like younger brother of Pokemon. It's like, yeah, they're sort yeah. of animal things, but the art style is much more unnerving. And like you like the one you said earlier, like, yeah, he's just got a chainsaw for some reason. It's like, what the fuck is this? It was bizarre, and I never really got into it. I think I enjoyed the first series when yeah, Pokemon was airing on SMTV Live, and we're all watching that mm. at, like, was it 10 past 9 or quarter past 9, whatever it was on Saturday morning? Yeah. Digimon, I can't remember where that aired in the UK, but I remember watching the first series of that. It feels like a CITV thing, you know, when they try I and get it on CITV. Shit. And it was, it was cool, I quite enjoyed it. And they did the second series where the first Digi-destined crap name, they, they shoehorned Digi into everything, I didn't like that. Yeah. And then they grew up, and then, like, the new class came through, and I was like, nah, not really into this. Nah. You're right, it felt like nah. the kid brother But as if the kid brother was really good at drawing dinosaurs I don't know, it felt, it felt knock-off-y Even though it, you know, it was his own IP and stuff Yeah What I can say, I always, always enjoyed the game There's something delightfully oh, yeah. um, Something delightfully nostalgic about that game And I just had a mm. hankering So I played a bit of Hogs of War And enjoyed myself with that And I thought, you know what, I want to play Digimon World And just like complete it, actually, actually complete it mm. I've just been Analog Man <laughs> and I've just got sent back to the real world and then I've gone back into the digi world to fight him again I'll probably 100% it by next time we speak wow you're putting some serious hours in then because that's that's not a <laughs> quick game to, to beat oh Lucas I am cheating the ever loving shit out of it <laughs> alright okay that makes sense then. yeah 
I don't have the the desire to grind in the same way we used to as kids because you know, there's nothing to do. Yeah, I yeah, and I get that, and like it's it's I don't know. I feel like it's different now as well. It's like you could just easily Google whatever Digimon you wanted to get to fill out your roster. Yeah, rather than you know, <laughs> guess and try repeatedly not to get a sodding Numemon or whatever it was. That's it. I'm no longer trying to explore the game what i want to do is find out what happens when you complete it having gone through the motion so many i think we're still like 80 90 so many times mm. I, I remember rent, renting worms from a blockbuster and <laughs> not understanding the concept of the game that you had two teams fighting each other i thought you were just like you were worms tunneling around a landscape using explosives oh, word, yeah. and sometimes they died and like i had no idea what was going on i can't have been that was on old, the mega drive wasn't it it was yeah I just remember seeing the box art and thinking, this looks great, and yeah. then having no idea what the game was for a long time. I remember also not being able to use the grenade because everything else was like button press to fire, and grenade yeah. was unclear charge. that you had to charge it to shoot. Yeah. yeah. We were probably too young. Or we should have read yeah, the manual. Yeah, probably. Remember, remember the manual used to tell you shit? I've, well, I guess it would have done. But game I've... manuals back then used to like tell you how to play, and even at the back they'd be like hints and tips, and not cheats, but like... You've read this far. Here's some info. I can't remember the last time I would have read a game manual. I used to be really into it. That said, like nowadays, I feel like I don't buy a game until I've watched at least 10 hours of it on YouTube first. Or one hour at 10,000 times backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that. <laughs> yeah, that's been my couple of weeks. I've been waiting for you to recover. I thought I'd slam some hours into Digimon Worlds. So I'm playing a modern title on my modern PC in my modern world. No, I'm going to emulate games that copyright expired in the year 2000 <laughs> shit like that oh, fantastic well that's so much more exciting than anything I've been doing it's been wonderful and what I've found is that the emulator music has got a streaming mode so maybe that's what I'm going to do with my evenings as well stream classic <laughs> PlayStation games to an audience of four. Oh, fantastic I do remember that music on Digimon being pretty kick ass some of it's really good yeah it holds up yeah anyway last time we spoke about D&D, which is a game even older than Digimon World, and you asked me a question. Do you recall what it is? I most certainly do. My friend, Jake Cannon. Your boy, Donald Trump. How would you run that? <laughs> DJ Trump. Yeah, you give me some interesting prompts, and you're right. As soon as, I, as soon as you signed off and I started Googling this, I did what I always do. I was like, Donald Trump in 5e into Google just to see there's bound to be someone who's had some ideas and some thoughts and they'd roughly did roughly align with mine well I did but you know what the overwhelming um, message or like the recurring theme that came back was don't and this is mostly Why? because the internet is I'm going to say predominantly American that's possibly a little unfair but yeah there's a lot of influence but a lot of people in forums on Reddit um, and comment sections were like don't bring politics into the game you're really going to alienate people so on and so forth. So some people yeah. are still like persevered and they've had ideas. And I thought, well, I can't really... There's, there's nothing that I felt was stealable because they were all quite charged. Some of them were painting him as a complete buffoon and others were painting him as an Adonis. And I thought, yeah. these are very extreme views that have made it through and I'm not into that. So That's, that's the polarisation of US politics though. So like, I get, yeah, I get, I get that. And I get, you know, that, that that's a big deal. Like you, you see on TV, that's, that's yeah. what politics in America is like. But from an outside perspective, just for a bit of fun, how are we going to do it? Well, that's it. So I actually did my own bloody work for a change instead of just going to <laughs> and ripping it off and flavoring things. So what I have is I've got a, a skeleton idea. And what I want to do is it's been a while since we've talked and I want to 
bounce it back and forth. Nice. So, first things first, I don't want to alienate anybody listening to our podcast in particular. So I'll preface this saying, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump as a human or a leader of the free world. <laughs> he is a media creature who has done a fantastic job about keeping himself relevant and you know, in the world. And I don't agree with his line of thinking in general. All that aside, is undeniably a charismatic creature who is very good at <laughs> keeping attention focused on him and keeping people engaged with him and his, his rhetoric. So what I wanted to do to start with was go to my source books and look for high charisma monsters. I was going to say, there, there are two things in your like prelude there that I want to pick up on. The first is calling Donald Trump a creature, which is fantastic and subtle. <laughs> and the second about him um, being a personality, like because I think I mentioned it before we started the podcast, like looking at just his Wikipedia page is like, you know, the first thing that comes up when you search his name, like it lists him as Donald J. Trump. So Donald John Trump, born yeah. June 14th, 1946, is an American media personality, et cetera, et cetera. Like yeah. the first thing it says is that he's a personality. Side note was press, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the third thing. Second is businessman. And that's, you know, that should be in inverted commas as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he, he's, he's, um, he has been around businesses. <laughs> Whatever. But, he does yeah. his things, he lives his life. I had a bit of a dig, and I can't remember all the things I had to look at, because the one that stuck out in my mind, I thought, high charisma monster, I want like an aboleth, something that will dominate or okay, force cool. their will upon things. And the more I was reading into them, every high charisma or high um, manipulation animal also tends to have loads of hit points, loads of constitution, like high intelligence. They have other stats in other places. And the more I thought about them, I thought I can't really apply them to my internalized caricature of Donald Trump. Sure. I don't want to put him in my world as someone who is like a challenge rating billion monster to fight. Okay. So. You want him to be sort of like uh, Wizard of Oz behind the green screen sort of thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And that's a wonderful reference I think we should pick into a little bit later. Okay, okay. I've, I've, not, I've not done that, but yeah, you're exactly right. That's exactly the sort of thing, like facade behind the curtain, wizened old man, something like that. Okay. So what I've got, I've started thinking human, NPC, human. I'm going to give him the noble background because Legit. That, that makes sense. You know, start with some money, start with some status and some capability and presence in the world. I'm going to give him... As an NPC, relatively weak stats, but high charisma, because that's how I see the character of Donald Trump. I don't see him as a particularly strong individual. Sure, he's made it to the ripe old age of 74. Um, that's what Wikipedia says anyway. <laughs> yeah, He has the best health of all time. He's like statistically the most fit person ever, as declared by his own doctor or whatever that bullshit was back in his time in office. But I'm not going to say he has mega constitution. He doesn't have mega strength. He doesn't have, for me, mega wisdom, intelligence. Sure. There's a noble... Um, in the in the Monster Manual, there's like a, a, a nobleman or noble person stat block, isn't there? Like, mm. And that's pretty... It's like a, an upgraded commoner, I think. Yes. That's sort of you start and you're just knocking some charisma into that. Yeah. And what I think that does, for me anyway, is saying that if this person is... Harsh. Nothing special, except for the fact that they've been born into the upper echelon of society and they happen to be particularly gifted at... Manipulation is the wrong term, but charisma, that force of personality. Charisma doesn't necessarily mean you're liked or that you mm -hmm. are 
witty, enjoyable, humorous. It just means that your sheer force of personality is a dominant characteristic in your thing. So you could be evil with charisma. You could be yeah. inept with charisma. You could be charming. You could be adorable. You could be attractive. You could be um, vindicated or something. You know, if, if, if the bad guy comes to town, the fact that they are nearby, they, they're intimidating. It's all part of that mm-hmm. charisma side of life for me. So if those are all the things that charisma could be, yes. what will charisma be in this situation? Well, I think it would be the ability to rally people generally to his cause. Now, you'd have to be aligned with the the policies or the proposals of the person. So it takes a certain kind of person to align with that person. But by God, mm-hmm. if you align, you align. Iron filings to a magnet, I think, is a wonderfully appropriate <laughs> analogy because for all the metals in the world not many are magnetic you got iron cobalt and nickel if you get filings of any of those near a magnet they will line up with it other metals okay. couldn't give a shiny shite i'm gonna stick with it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, make, it makes sense I'm, I'm i'm getting it fancy trump is a magnet to the world's the general public's iron cobalt and nickel okay so so if if he's a magnet and we've said he's a nobleman mm-hmm. what is the situation that we are in our game of D finding this character. All right. Let me drop a little backstory on you. Just a little little paragraph of... After a childhood of great wealth, Dawn loses it all due to poor decision-making and the fact he has low intelligence and wisdom. That's just a thing that's happened. So noble background, started off life, had it all, cocked it up. Gotcha. That's, that's what's happening in my thing. I mean, that's, that's true to real life at moments, anyway. Maybe. Having lost it all... I was saying, Dawn, it, just for the thematic reasons, I'm saying Dawn is considering ending things. He's considering retiring, disappearing, maybe something darker, maybe jumping off a bridge, standing atop a large, half-completed golden tower in a rainstorm, something thematic mm. like that. Before going through with it, he's approached by a vision of a shirtless humanoid riding a bear. Um, <laughs> gotcha. Who, but, and the, the, the character on the bear is called... Um, I didn't actually name them, but I think we all know where I'm going. It's, I wanted to basically say it was Erebos from your previous conversation, okay. the god who wants souls and wants stuff. But yeah, don't get me wrong. I've basically said that Erebos is uh, manifesting himself on the material plane as Vladimir Putin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I, I, got, I, got, I, got the, I got it. I just uh, I was trying to think, like, <laughs> this is going to be so key to uh, Dawn's backstory. He needs a name. But if it's Erebos... It, it is Erebos, but let's... I think we can have a little bit more fun by saying who this Erebos is coming forth and masquerading and saying, I am the Poontang, or I don't know what to call it. Poontang. <laughs> Poontang appeared to me. And I grabbed him. <laughs> <laughs> That's canon. Keep it in. Okay, right. So the the vision of Poontang appeared as a as a shirtless um, Russian on a on a bear. Fancy Russian. Fancy Russian. It's the same story that you had. And I thought, okay, I'm going to borrow this. This is cool. I'm stealing something from a fellow DM. You had Erebos wanting to hold some power in the material plane um, and therefore need some souls. So he is going to offer to prop up Dawn in his world in exchange for many, many souls. So that will be the mm. case of the deal is okay. Is sort of like you are in a position where you should be able to command armies or people and run business and be successful and you can't because you've lost all your your money and your influence. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to financially prop you up, Dawn, and at some point I'm coming to collect and what I want is souls. 
And this is kind of warlock pacty, but I don't want the person yeah. to do I don't want Dawn to necessarily be a warlock. So I say, fine, you've you've got a, a charisma boost in your life, and that's that's the reason that he has this exceptional charisma. Um, yeah. and he's just gonna consistently fail upward, upward, upward before becoming the <laughs> baron of a large fractured realm. Okay, cool. I like it. Like uh, for, for me it's the same thing. Like a, a warlock like sorry, like the idea of a warlock, like they're having it some sort of godly or otherwise powerful patron, doesn't necessarily yeah. mean they're going to give you powers every time. It doesn't mean anything, you know. If they just need someone, a political figurehead, to be able to leverage whatever it is they want, money will do it. Just give them loads of money. Sure, adventurers want power, don't they? Adventurers want capability or fighting yeah. prowess. Well, that's why it makes sense for a for a for a D and D party, but for like anyone else that interacts with any sort of powerful being, it's, you don't need it. Yeah. I really just wanted a a something, a MacGuffin to cause a backstory, because that's almost in the past. And the, the story that I think we could spin out of it is sort of largely irrelevant of your choice of God or your choice of something. But I like the idea yeah, that yeah. there's a reason for this person to hold this level of dominion. And also, I just wanted to poke fun at the media personality that is Donald J. Trump. Over time, he starts to believe his own bullshit, because this happened 20 years ago or something. And he's like, I am consistently making money or even despite my ineptitude everything's coming up millhouse so yeah he is going to believe his own bullshit and eventually ends up sort of bringing the cult of personality of dawn mm-hmm. where he thinks he's never wrong he thinks he's the smartest the best the greatest and in doing so he unifies quite a few of the regions and tribes of the large fractured realm Here's a bit where I thought I got a bit close to the bone. I was saying, he unifies them against non-human races. But I feel like I want to step back from that a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like fantasy racism is more easy to put into a game because, you know, you could have a, a land where you don't get dragonborn. So dragonborn, ooh, they're like evil because they're dragons or something. You know, like, you, like because it's not real and also it's sort of old-timey, yeah, and it's cl- like you don't have the good guy be the big racist. You have like the small folk or the bad guy or something. Yeah, like it's it's more acceptable to put it in. I don't know. Now that I say out loud, it sounds weird. Exactly, I had the same realization. I was writing this out, and I was like, I don't like that. Although it is a good motivation for why is this person evil? I think when you've got a party entering a place, you want to put quests in front of them. It helps if there's a an easy thematic motivation for them to engage with the quest. And in this case, it seems like, oh, he's a bad guy and he also doesn't like the dragonborn, the lizard folk. He doesn't like elves. What if it's, what if it's like not a race of, um, like a, a fantasy race race, but what if it's just a fantasy different barrendom? Like the people, yeah. like if, if he's in the West, then the people in the East are evil. Yeah. You know, and they can have any mixture of races the same. It's just, uh, there's animosity between, especially because it's so fractured, you know, like, yeah. oh, this, this big, consistently not fractured land of people has always been a threat to the smaller bits. So now that they're together, they're stronger. It's just like Springfield-Shelbyville level of rivalry. Exactly, yeah. Yes. That's a better way to do it. I think that sort of sits more comfortably with me anyway. Cool. Well, let's, let's roll with that then. Yeah, okay. We do now have to call the... What's a barondom call? What's a baron boss of? A, a barony. A barony. So it's the Barony of Springfield. The Barony of Springfield. It's it's nowhere near far away. That's an independent city-state that's just doing its own thing elsewhere. Hmm. More lore about Faraway. 
Why not? <laughs> uh, I love it. Okay. The last Sorry, hook for me is that Erebos, Poontang, is planning a mass death event, but Dawn <laughs> is too stupid to see it coming. So what's happening? He's rallying all these people, getting them to his cause. He's been spending 20 years building up his, his cult of personality, building up his base, only to unite them together in what's going to basically be death cult. Okay. Does, is there a clear plan of how he's going to do it? And how obvious is this to Dawn, the populace, the party? I think it would be unclear to Dawn because he has almost willfully ignored it over the last 20 years. He's almost shunned the, the original pact. Okay. Kind, kind of true to the inspiration, has taken a deal in the past and ignored the consequences of those actions on the assumption that everything will be fine. Fine, I'm on board with that. And this has angered old Poontang. Oh, really? So he has been expecting something in the meantime before this mass killing event? Maybe just a bit of fealty or some, some little souls on the way or some return on his investment, essentially. Okay. So far, nothing's happened. He's, like, he's taken, he's taken the, the charisma boost and he's, he's done one. He's just lived his life and Poontang's been like, you haven't called in a while. Feels a bit weird that you haven't called. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that could be another angle. But either way, what I kind of want to get to is a scenario where we're trying to bring an awful lot of civilians together and if that happens, Erebos is going to turn up and claim a shitload of souls. Okay, how is he going to do that then? Has, has Dawn been stockpiling anything? Is there an mm. increase of certain beast kind of attacks in the area as, you know, portals to whatever realm from somewhere that Erebos has, has thrown out? Or like, is there anything that's going to... Basically what I'm looking for, I'm looking for some sort of hook that's going to clue in the party to something yeah. bad happening later. Unless they intervene. That's a good thought, a good think. Have you thought about what the Erebos turning up in the killing event is going to be? I actually haven't. Okay. I was thinking okay. more about... So the, the, the bits of thoughts I've been having have been more about how do you how do you find out in the first place that... I'm not even finding the first... Yeah, you're right. You need to have the hook to bring... You need to know that the event is coming and then the party needs to want to investigate. I've kind of jumped to the assumption that they are going to investigate, having been presented with this caricature of an enemy but you yeah. can't get to him because he has yes men in a circle this massive base of people so there's almost like a, a tiered system to get up to him in the first place where you find out oh you're just wizard of oz but yeah you're there are, right. there are there are people walking around with the uh, you know massa no what would it be make make ms Gee, it doesn't work damn it the a you need the a make easterners go away mega uh, mm, that's cool uh, uh. <laughs> i don't know but you've got to have your populace wearing some sort of attire that denotes their allegiance to, to Dawn. Yeah, some like red neckerchief or... Well, is it, is it Dawn like D-A-W-N or D-O-R-N? D-O-R-N. D-O-R-N. Okay, so you couldn't go for Dawn like a sun or something. But some sort of like, they're wearing the crest, like everyone's got it on because, you know, by, by uh, showing their allegiance to him, they think they're buying into his specialness in some way. Yeah, they're on the winning side. They're on the winning team. They can't possibly lose because Dawn yeah. said so and Dawn is the boss and he got there somehow by being the best. So, yeah. Gotcha. He got all the cash. Okay. Let's think about this this mass death event then. This, like, it's almost like, so Erebos isn't a thing on the material plane. When this happens, that is the thing that makes it like, I have claimed all these souls, therefore I am anchored to the plane. Yeah. 
Well, well, I saw your eyes light up. No, 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 sorry, sorry. I just had a brain wave. Hit me. Like, we're talking about, like, effectively, like, a big suicide cult, right? Yeah. How do suicide cults usually go out? Like, when you hear about these things that happened in, like, the 70s mm. or 80s in America, stuff, it's, like, it's usually, like, some sort of big poisoning, isn't it? Yeah. Who famously told everyone to drink bleach? <laughs> this shit writes itself. <laughs> we, have, we have some sort of mass gathering rally type event where everyone yeah. turns up to where they're serving obscure beverages that everyone just drinks and dies. Because everyone's been getting sick recently and we're blaming it on the Eastern... Easterners, it's it's their disease. It's it's you know we couldn't possibly suffer. Oh, we are starting to suffer from it. Well, I've heard that if you just drink, well, no, he's working on it. He's working on it. There's been a massive influx of uh, strange chemicals and and alchemists and you know artifices mm. been drawn to the region. He's got he's got oh no because then he's he's buying into the science. That's sh- that's rubbish. Maybe he gets like I don't know who's who's the opposite of a, an alchemist in a fantasy world. Um, Opposite, like, like a, a herbalist or a well, I'm thinking shaman. Like, like, all that stuff works in fantasy yeah. world, but okay. you know, yeah, shamans. Let's say he's, he's bringing all the shamans from the wherever, wherever to come in, and you know, it's basically just to cover. He's got like because then you could you could run like druid type enemies if the if the party busts in on some or something. But yeah, like the thing is, like that's all the cover. Really, he's just collecting chemicals of some sort, and he's going to give everyone bleach. I can roll with it. I want to see how, how can we tie that into why is the disease turned up? Maybe, you know how we had this idea about rival gods picking on each other. Yeah. Maybe there is a god from, or someone else, or maybe just someone from the East. Maybe it is a manufactured illness, or they're stopping, mm. they're poisoning supply caravans or something, or they are, there is a cause, and they're trying to, resp- you know, the, the folks in the West are trying to respond to this cause, but they don't have enough proper advice. Maybe the advice is there, and it's just being misinterpreted by Dawn completely. And he's like, "Well, I've heard that you need just clean things, and bleach cleans things." Yeah, I, mean, I guess it, I guess it's not going to be it's not going to be like you can't say it's bleach because you could, like fat was fancy bleach, but like yeah, I don't know some sort of poison, some caustic yeah, soda or wh- something. Why don't we Why don't we have him? You know, rally because like so, let's say all the greatest minds in the in the barony are working on cures for this disease. But yeah, yeah. They've not been successful, so obviously Dawn is going to just denounce them in public. You know, call them all idiots. Like, say he's the expert on the subject, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, you know, that's the end of like any sort of support for finding a cure. Yeah. Little yeah. does he know, he's just paving the way for Erebus to swoop in with his. Because, like, I and this is it's your idea, but tell me if you don't like this. Mm. But like, I still think that Erebus is 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 influencing him somehow, even if he doesn't realize it. You know, like like he's just going about his daily business, thinking like, yeah, this is well, this is, this is you know normal. This is what I do. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, people get sick. I'm fine, so it's not really a big deal. Um, but at the same time, he's signing off giant orders of obscure chemicals from God knows who are. And he doesn't really know why he's doing it, but really, that's the the will of Erebus thinking this will come together. He's not questioning himself. He's just doing yeah. it, and like you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that works because we've got this high charisma, relatively high charisma, but low wisdom, low int character, who is basically being manipulated himself, doesn't realise yeah. it's manipulation, and is just so wound up in his own legends that thinks, this is what Dawn thinks, therefore it's probably good, when actually it's just Erebos being the, the invisible hand. Okay, so in doing this, we've got a few pieces of information that could be picked up on by the party. Mm-hmm. Firstly, you could have them encounter any sort of... Well, they could, they could, from, a, from a distance, they could hear about this disease that's claiming the barony of Springfield. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's something going on. People are getting sick. It's not good. You could find, you could, you could have exiled, um, you know, learned people who maybe had worked on the cure, but for fear of their own life after growing animosity in, in the barony, have fled yeah, yeah, yeah. to wherever the party is conveniently and told them about it. That's it. We were scholars from the East working in the West in the libraries yeah. and institutions and we've been exiled due to our heritage. Yeah. We tried to help them and they, you know, came at us with pitchforks. <laughs> um, you could have um, large wagons of uh, unknown substances heading in that direction, you know, towards mm-hmm. this place. Like, you can drop lots of little bits in to try and, like, eventually get them caught up on the idea. Yeah. What if, what if one of the chemicals is, is uh, you know, volatile and explodes for no reason? Just to draw the party's attention, like, oh shit, there's yeah, an explosion exactly. of something. Or some kind of monster really likes that chemical, so mm-hmm. is attracted to it. Yeah, we, why, why are you importing brimstone by the cartload? <laughs> it's bringing dragons. Well, yeah, like, well, you know, dragons are attracted to massive amounts of wealth, so what if yes. some less cool monster, I'm trying to think of one on top of my head. Why don't we go for one of our favourite oozes? Yeah, that's well. Yeah, that's good. Say, say, like uh, black puddings are attracted to this chemical for whatever reason because they yeah. like to absorb it. But you know, in doing so, they absorb, like they they melt through the uh, sorry the, uh, the the casings and and release this volatile substance. Ah, that's a good idea. Yeah, you know, and that's that's a problem. Another reason then is you know one of these wagons who uh, wants to transport said chemical is looking for adventurers to help defend them while they mm-hmm. travel there because. Notoriously, these things are blowing up without explanation. Yeah, I think you're right. There's a billion ways once you've got these little seeds planted. Like, okay, what is the event? How is it happening? Awesome. You've had like four or five ideas there. I love it. Some of them and all all of them are going to attract the party. There's been an explosion on a cart that's very similar to the one you've now been asked to defend on your way from your safe haven in this part of the world to over there and that part of the, the war torn. It's all getting a bit weird over there. You turn up and people are sick. You bump into some scholars on the way or in the pub or in the library because you're researching. What the fuck was that black pudding? <laughs> what is this ooze that we found left behind? And, it's not yeah. native to this region. Yeah, that's, I've never seen one of these before above the ground. Hmm. All sorts of things. And you can even follow an ooze as well. I'm just reading the thing in the Monster Manual, page hmm. 241, for anyone that wants to have a look. Yeah, they're quite acidic, and it says in here, flesh, wood, metal, bone all dissolve when the pudding ebbs over them. Stone remains behind, wiped clean. So what they're basically doing is if a black pudding's walking through the streets of your city or town, it's cleaning ah. its own path. It's like a slug trail. You can't help but follow it. That's really cool. I didn't know that about black puddings. That is cool. Hmm. Like, and now, and now just thinking of it on a tangent, just having some sort of powerful wizard having, like, uh, a black pudding... Um, sort of well, like enchanted, a Roomba. like yeah, exactly. <laughs> just an enchanted baby black pudding, just to like clean up, you know, and collect the the, the scraps on the floor and, and make sure it's pristine. <laughs> Any sort of hospital or surgery or anything, little black pudding in there. That's fantastic. There's a, a side quest that I've long had planned. I'm not going to give away too much because it's one that may eventually happen with our campaign. Mm. It's similar sort of idea, wizards trying to just improve status or trying to improve their day-to-day with, with things. I, I love little misuses of monsters, things like that. That, yeah. that gets me going. So yeah, big fan of the Black Pudding Roomba. Yeah. It's just a little <laughs> flavour thing, you know, on the side, just to, to let everyone know they're living in a fantasy world once again. Yeah. Where was I? 
Where were we? Where, where was I? How? God, we're talking about him for what? Less than an hour. I'm already getting really egocentric. Where were we? We were... We were talking about um, all these things that the party could encounter before yeah, heading to yeah. the Barony of Springfield um, that might entice them to seek out what is going on. So we were, we were going down the, the lines of mm. chemicals are going to this place because Dawn's yep. hiring them. He doesn't realise he's getting all these chemicals in. All the uh, intellectuals in the barony have been sort of run out of town, effectively, because he's yeah. denounced them because they're not able to cure this sickness. Um, the sickness has been brought about by some third party that's got something against Erebos or against the barony of Springfield itself, uh, yeah. or some of the miscellaneous mischief. It could even be Erebos himself, to be honest, doing this, because it's another way to get Dawn's shit moving. Yeah, I guess, because then he's causing the illness, he's rallying the people around his puppet, uh, and then he's triggering this 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 mass execution. Mm. Okay, cool. So, let's say then... They're like playing 40 chess, these gods. Yeah. <laughs> Always 17 steps ahead and three behind <laughs> in different realities. Right. Tell me about anything yeah. else you've got planned in for this... Uh, Barony of Springfield adventure. Sure. I want there to be an inner circle of advisors. And this gives an opportunity for doing some research, for exploiting different aspects of a personality or doing other things. So I think, okay, we need some... This idea that the inner circle exists and they're a little bit rotten, so they're not necessarily the greatest of people, but they're happy to ride the wave of power as Dawn you know, whips up the crowd. They're happy to sort of ride that crest and okay. they themselves partake of the power. So are these like the local leaders in each of the fractured? Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. What's smaller than a barony? Uh, kingdom into duchies. Duchies into baronies, baronies. I don't know. I think you could have like local lords in particular towns okay, or like owning towns and cities or things. So the barony itself is where Dawn is king, and that's split into a bunch of cities. Maybe the cities have extended territories around yeah, the place. Well that's, that's what I imagine. So, like, yeah. So, the, this inner circle then are the local leaders. They are part of his crew, they're his cronies. Um, yep. And are they liked by the, by their people? I guess so. Generally speaking, yeah. But what I think we should do with them is have them all be uh, advisors or lords or something with specific vices that could be exploited or some okay. reason that when, when your party gets to know them, you think, ah, oh, these aren't the greatest of people. So I'm thinking okay. you might have like your the equivalent of the press secretary who is someone who would be able to maybe they would be adept at modifying memory or manipulating. I'm thinking fake news is where I'm driving this. Okay. Someone who, who might have some power, but no, they wouldn't be able to hold a fight on their own or lead people necessarily themselves, but by throwing yeah. their lot in with Dawn, they think, I can use my particular talent. Like Gilderoy Lockhart, I can do the modified That's what I was going to say. I, I had two yeah. thoughts about this. One was, maybe they're good at one kind of spell. So Gilderoy exactly. Lockhart. So that sort of thing, yeah. And I think you could exploit a whole bunch of vices. I particularly want every one of them to have like one thing, one secret or one... Um, vice, yeah, yeah, or a weakness or something. So maybe you've got like a, a racketeer, someone who would manipulate the money, maybe someone who's into greed, avarice, that sort of thing. Into it. Mm-hmm. He's taxing his group, his like people too much. Yeah, they will manipulate and extort money out of people, 
which they wouldn't normally be able to do because they themselves are not a strong character, but because they've got the protection of the rest of the circle, basically that's their, their hired muscle or you know, their their intimidation factor. So you've got this sort of like weedy racketeer, like a mob boss almost, but without the respect, just sort of yeah. someone who is like, they, they are running rackets, literally. Very good accountant, good at counting the money in, but yes. has the hired muscle from some other place that falls under yeah. the, the barony. I think those two are pretty easy, and they're easy to like, sort of present to the the party as as bad guys as well. Like when they approach, they could turn up in you know the area owned by Lord X, and yeah, he's taxing people as well as being super ill and and you know not super happy, but loving loving uh, Old Dawn. Yeah, they could be incredibly poor. Like, and you go to the next place, and like you know that's where the the press secretary guy is. And, you know, that lord, you know, he has regular audiences with his, with, like, the people that live in his, his the township. And, like, you know, during these addresses, that's when his manipulation comes in. Yeah. And let's say, let's make it really overt. So if you're going to one of these addresses, you walk through that particular town or city and you witness one of these addresses and this guy is up there, there is no plague. There is no war with Eurasia. Mm. You know, there is no, well, yeah, all that. Why not have it, like, um, you know the the township you know there's like a bit of disgruntlement like you know like we're, we're gonna have an audience with him because like we're not happy you know they're not doing enough blah blah yeah he yeah. has this audience and then for whatever reason the party is you know maybe it's a really low dc check but like all the commoners have failed it and they go away thinking oh yeah great you know like he said there's no there's no there's nothing wrong with this anymore everything's great there's a good little dm trick there as well because because you would if you made it a check uh, like a save say a wisdom save to resist the charm person effect and you do have yeah. a super low dc by telling the players they have to roll a wisdom save they've gone something's fucky you know what, what why i mean they could all fail but it's unlikely like say it's dc5 but yeah for that one that does fail that's extra funny like, yeah you believe everything he says wholeheartedly and this is this is for the Secrets channel, like just tell them like mm-hmm. and you are a massive advocate for them and everything they've said. And then yep. see how they play that out. And just like step back, make yourself a cup of tea, because all of a sudden that is roleplay for twenty minutes. So. <laughs> I love coming back from the secret chat and then like watching well like, sorry, watching, listening to someone explain in the way that they've interpreted what you said, because like it's Chinese whispers a bit then as well. Like they try and yeah, repeat yeah. what you said, but also in character, and also it's slightly wrong, and it's great. Mm. Okay, but that's that's enough. Like if you were to say say you're bumming around in this area trying to figure it out, well, say yeah. bumming around the other party bumming around in this in 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 Springfield, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. If you visit two different um, townships and 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 find out, you know, both the lords are corrupt in some way, that's going to set you on the path to the top. Sure. But round off the idea, we've had that. Yeah, that's how you deal with the modified memory press secretary, fake news bod, the racketeering one. If anyone wants to literally nick this idea, maybe the general populace is still super into Dawn being the guy. But local shops, you find if you go shopping, you find that all their inventories are quite poor, and you think, oh, they don't have any of the things we'd expect to have. And if you inquire why are your stocks so crap, they can, yeah, you know, the business owners can win. You say we're being taxed to the eyeballs by the local lord ah. but we can't overthrow him because he's really well loved by all the supporters of dawn yeah and you could even like say you're in a shop and it's like the two characters that own the shop like one of them because of the taxation doesn't like lord x and yeah. one because of dawn says well you know if he's been chosen by dawn you know he's got to be good yeah, like, yeah. we trust him 
They I'm need on. the money to support the plague effort. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both there ill and with boils and scratching their faces. It's like, <laughs> yeah, for the plague effort, because it's not real. Wait, so we, wait, actually, we've got the juxtaposition of the plague isn't real, but also we need to give all our money for the plague effort. These are two different towns. So well, one's got your racketeer lord and the other's got yeah. your fake news lord. That's fine if you want that. I, I'm, I'm thinking, just for silliness, have mm. both of them as conflicting <laughs> ideas in the same place, but the people that are saying these conflicting things don't realise what they're saying. That's cool. And then, yeah, your players are thinking that user DM has lost your senses or something's going on. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not going to have to retcon myself. That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And you get, then you get your players arguing with an NPC about what they've just said. <laughs> I think what I kind of resolved is that you can kind of have a secretary of whatever you want, provided it's something that matters. So in our, in our setting, secretary of transportation does not matter in my D&D setting. Don't know about yours. Um, secretary of labor, like there isn't that much level of, uh, of unionism necessarily. But anything that does matter, you can have a secretary of or a lord who specializes in. Well, let's warp it then. What, rather than um, what was it? Sorry, of labor. Secretary. Rather than secretary of labor, why not secretary of enforced labor? You know, let's <laughs> let's just make it horrible. You know, this isn't about unions and and worker rights and stuff. This is about getting people in the mines, breaking up rocks. Wow, how would you? How how have they risen to being lord? Maybe they've risen to lord because they're they were a mining mogul and they've just been elevated to that position of make the mining work because we need to get more of this sulfur and brimstone. Yeah, to- they've, they've got the mines in that area. They always did that, you know, but since Dawn's come round with his money, he's high, the, the local lord has, you know, he's always found someone in that area willing to, you know, get on board with him who's hired a ton of mercenaries with said money to get the people in there, like forcing them into labour. Like, yeah. You know, they don't need to have a dedicated part of their populace farming or doing whatever else because under one sort of union, you can specialise each area and they can bring in the minimal amount of food from the next township yeah. to feed this, this you know, area where people are particularly strong and sturdy. Maybe, maybe even it's like a dwarven settlement. Like, it's on the edge of the mountains on that side of the, uh, of the barony. And, like, yeah. That could work. Just, so So we've, we've counted... Uh, in this episode, racism, and now slavery. So, yep. cool. I think we're hitting all the main American topics. Last time was the British podcast with T and whatnot, and this time is the... <laughs> what else can we get in there? Yeah. Um, how about, like, a poor appreciation of cheese? <laughs> well, I've never... I've not, I've not tried American cheese, but from what the internet tells me, it's not very good. I don't think the Americans have tried American cheese. That's yeah. unfair. There are a couple of things, but... There was that brief stint where everything in the UK, if it was a burger, it had to be like, Monterey Jack cheese. Yeah. As if it was some sort of amazing, look, the Americans have, have invented this wonderful way of turning milk into something solid and taste it. Like, yeah, we know what fucking cheese is. <laughs> Put cheddar on it. That's what you need. Like, yeah. That's, that's a good English cheese. Back to and while you're at it, put Wednesday Day on your Christmas cake. Yes. Cheese on Christmas cakes. Also apple pie. Apple Actually, pie? Actually, Americans won't like that. Apple pie on Wednesday Day. Yes. I no, um, that's a step too far for me. No, it's one of those things where you think I would never have thought to try it, and yet, you know, Yorkshire tradition dictates I must try this, and you know what? It works in the same yeah. way cheese and jam works. Okay, so we've got three of these lords working under Dawn. 
I think there's one extra one I'd want to put in. Go on. Well, what's in my head? Your equivalent vice president. I want someone in there who is basically your piglet character from before. Someone who is insipid and a total yes man and completely seemingly spineless, but also resolute. Yes, sticks to the party line and just acts like, as another point of, meh, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing like Grimmer Wormtongue a bit now. Mm. Or is that too powerful? That feels too powerful. He had his own motivation, didn't he? Well, I don't know. But he, he channeled power, didn't he? It wasn't his own. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That sort of thing, then. Well, I want us to, to bring these, these to life to somewhat together. So it's that sort of thing. It's, it's the... Maybe you get the sense that their opinions aren't terribly strong and they just want to survive in the place. So it could be that they are actually a, a good person all along and they're just trapped in this world and actually maybe you could turn that character. Maybe not everyone has to be a complete reflection of the previous administration. There's a possibility... Yeah, maybe there is someone in there. Maybe there's a lord you can find who is trying to do good things and they're just constantly being rebutted or... Uh, maybe play this one to your party a bit more and see what kind of character you think they'll respond to because you'll know your players better than anyone. Hmm. I don't think we need too... We don't need too many, is what I'm getting No, at. no, no. I think the party's not going to go around and say, like, right, we've got to, you know, go to all of the ten lords and sort them all out before we go to Dawn himself, you know? Like, at least you, if you don't give a reason why they need to do that, you know, to collect all the amulets to open the secret chamber or whatever, you know. Like, yeah. you can only visit Dawn if you have all the members present or something stupid. Like, as long as as long as long you don't, you don't give them a thing they have to do. Yeah. I, I think they're probably after the first one, unless they, you know, are travelling through the area while they're guarding the, the chemical supply. You know, yeah. that takes them through a couple of them. I don't see why they would need to interact with more than that before they decide, right... Time to go and see what's going on in the main place. Totally agree. One should be enough. That should be enough to get you in the door. Yeah. Oh, cool. Dawn's place. Right, so let's say then the party now have decided, I don't like what's going on in this in, in Springfield. I'm going to... Well, we are now, as a party, going to mm-hmm. find Dawn and, and, yeah, put a stop to this. What, what happens? That is the question. Yes. <laughs> so let's answer the question. Okay, does he live in a giant gold tower? Does he live in a gold tower? Absolutely he lives in a gold tower. Beautiful. Fantastic. Mm, I love it. It's the best tower. You can see it from miles around. Everyone's talking about the tower. It's a great tower. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Other towers, not so good. I've seen plenty of towers. Uh, trust me, I'm an expert on towers. All the towers. This is the best tower. Literally that. You can do my narration. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, literally that, that level of, of rhetoric and, and bullshittery. But you find out as you you found your way into the to the inner chambers and you are confronted with Dawn for the first time. And that's the point where you realise just how Wizard of Ozzy this really is. And that depending on the, the conversation you have back and forth, it should be pretty apparent that the guy is pretty single-minded, pretty focused. What I would like to do, I suppose, at that point is try and drop some seeds somehow that either he is through and through bad guy and needs dealing with, or that he is too dim and therefore somebody else must be acting through them. Okay. I think you can play it out either way. Yeah, I mean... but. What I want to get to is you don't you don't want to fight a god. You don't want Erebos to turn up and like fuck shit up. So no. what, what, whatever happens in this scenario, there should be maybe some 
something. There needs to be an event that either removes Dawn from his seat of power and therefore the hold might get lost and that at least puts off... We're trying to stop the death cult that we don't know yeah. about. So you almost want the death cult to start happening, possibly, and then then resolve it. Are we seeing then maybe the party doesn't seem to have any opportunity to get to Dawn within his giant gold tower Yeah. before you want them to? So what I'm thinking maybe is that this rally, you know, the death event, we're, we're going to call it, you know, call it a rally, like if yep. call it something else, like a gathering of some sort, like some sort of, you know, address to all these people. Mm-hmm. Everyone is migrating towards the main town. As your team turn up, yeah, you're so going you're, to the town. Everyone's sort of thronging yeah, towards you're, it. You're yeah. doing something just before, you know, and like a lot of people have gone already. Some people are finishing up or, or haven't been permitted to leave yet. But like, you know, they arrive in the, in the main town or city of, of, of Springfield, um, which I don't know, does that need a different name? Or can that be Springfield and then it's the Barony of Springfield? With, with sure. The, yeah, so the city of Springfield. Um, <laughs> like they arrive there a bit early and they've got a few days and like basically... Any attempt they have to try and infiltrate the Golden Tower is thwarted because, you know, lack of entrances, too well guarded, whatever, whatever. So, so many guards. I have the best guards. (laughs) 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 So this this address is like, like basically, he shut himself away and he's not going to come out until the address. Like, you know, everyone knows he's coming to do it. So this is the opportunity of the party. They have to plan for that. So... In my mind, then, that sort of sets up a scenario where the poison has been spread out. Everyone's got it in their hand. And, like, mm-hmm. it's at the point while he's giving the address when he reveals himself, like, just before the the drinking and the death, that's when the party has to strike. And that's the sort of the impetus and the, the urgency. Yeah. Okay. Let's try and put it in the party's mind then before it happens, so it's not a complete shock. So they've they've turned up to the city of Springfield. It's a couple of days before things can happen. They've got to stay in and in. They've got to do things. There should be conversations that they're hearing about. You guys got your your bleach. You you ready for the address? And make sure you have your bleach on the morning of the address and all this sort of stuff going on. It's when he, so they have an idea that when he comes out. We need to get up there and tell him to make... Yeah, Dawn's going to tell us all to drink this bleach, have you heard? And that's when your party realises, shit, we know alchemy. We know we need... They won't listen to anybody but him. We need to make him not say, drink the bleach. And right. his plan is, if it all goes to shit, he's going to come out and say, has everybody got their bleach? We're going to drink our bleach right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say my incantation that's going to make it perfectly drinkable. <laughs> Okay, so so you're saying in this version then that that everyone knows they're going to drink this stuff that they they I've been told it's not poison. I've been told this is the yeah. cure, but we're not allowed to drink it yet. It's the cure, but I need to bless it. You need me to see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. That yeah, because well, the only the only thing I can see as a potential thing with that then is that the party might really double down in trying to stop or persuade people that you know this isn't right to do yeah so what happens then if one of the party members talks to someone that they like for whatever reason one of the npcs and they roll a natural Mm -hmm. 20 on trying to persuade them that this is terrible like this is a terrible idea okay as always two paths yep i've always liked the the approach that natural 20 does not mean immediate success i prefer natural 20 means the best possible outcome for the scenario yeah in my version of this scenario 
I think I'd like them to feel like they had succeeded in a persuasion. So maybe you would get one person to falter. But what I'm saying is that normally, for, if you would like, if you did a public address to the crowd and you got a natural twenty, the best outcome of the scenario is you're not getting lynched today, and the crowd just walks away. Okay, so if they start trying to actively speak against this plan of action. Yeah. People are going to start like getting angry at them and like what mm. threatening to boot them out of town, like did the last. Uh, I want to say beta vases, but that's uh, uh, no it alls. That's the word. The deniers. Deniers. Yeah. The fake news all coming through. But maybe if they had a particular friend NPC that for some reason they had something going on with, and then they nat twentyed it. Okay, maybe you can convince one or two people. What I think I'd spin that into is okay. Maybe they do get a few more people convinced and when the address actually happens and they're all about to charge their glasses and expect the divine energies to rain down upon them a fight breaks out and some sort of scuffle some event that stops it all just from being a mass chug okay give them a little bit more time while the people are not sure what was going on exactly buy them some time to get up there and see if they could you know defenestrate dawn or get him to say something different i just had a really weird side thought while we were talking about people being run out of town Okay. Because I was trying to, th- I don't know, my mind, my mind went there, and I'm going to say it out loud now. Thinking <laughs> of Democrats and how that could be made in something, and my mind just told me, Demo Rats. <laughs> As in, like, yeah, rats, giant rats probably, with some sort of explosive charge on them to try and assassinate him or something. Oh, Jesus. And, but now my mind's spiraling off into like some sort of counterfaction that like you know lives in the sewers and like they also think this is their chance to take him out and save everyone and that's <sighs> the way they're going to do it I don't want to overplan classic DM problem overplanning but it could be that your party do try and do the public address approach and you roll the dice and you think okay well I'm not going to have them all just get hanged but I'm going to chuck them in prison or I'm going to get them evicted from town kicked out of town run out of town whatever if they still, so they might decide at that point, well, fuck them, they deserve whatever they get. But they might want to get back in, but you can't just walk in because everyone knows your name. You are the bad guys, so what are you going to yeah. do? You're going to go to the sewers, you've heard of the demo rats. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying it maybe the other round. As you're leaving town, you know, you're approached by a hooded figure who, who says, like, hey, if you really want to try and help, come with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he leads you back into town. Come with me if you want them to live. Yeah, and then he, you know, tells them about his plan. Um, to use these rats with explosive charges rigged to them, you know, under the stage when he does his address. Yeah, um, and then you can drop the... Oh, we're calling them the demo rats. Everyone goes, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. So you don't give away the name, but you just yeah, drop yeah. it as a little pun. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> um, that would work as sort of like a catch if yeah, if they did balls it up too much trying to intervene in the town. But then yeah. I'm, but I'm thinking otherwise. If you, Maybe you didn't hear about this, but you've heard, you know, rumours of um, you know, some discontent and those people have long gone, you know, we got rid of them um, mm. you know, but there's still security concerns about the the address, so he's got his best guards on um, because they're not expecting the party but they're expecting, you know some other group to try and you know, use it as an opportunity to attack them. Okay. That's why he's been holed up in his tower for so long, rather than going out publicly. Sure. Um but then, if the well, I don't know. I'm thinking another layer. What if the party okay. finds out about the planned attack with the demo rats? But you know, the person that wants to do them isn't scared of hurting the populace. So the party have to take out these explosive vermin before they, they're you know, seemingly saving <laughs> <laughs> or 
old Dawn before then going to the stage and taking him out because that's the original plan. That's the level I think that is good to have as a as a thought without any real planning because remember this this is not one session this is already yeah what, there's the session in the previous city where they hear about the the breadcrumbs then they've got to get to the first town and they meet the first lord that may be one or two sessions then they're going to the the main springfield proper that could be a session of uh reconnaissance a session of do the thing we're already talking it's like a four five six little arc yeah it sounds great six six story thing this is cool so having that idea of okay we've got the demo rats and <laughs> you could you can almost choose their motivation based on how your party behaves up until that point mm-hmm. so did you say if you think they're going to completely cock this up they haven't got a social bone in their body and they're they're always just trying to talk the way out of situation it's going to go wrong fine you might make them the the freedom fighters the good guys who are not charmed by the spell because they have i don't know maybe they're a a race that has resistance to charm magic or they are a, a people yeah. who have resistance to whatever do what you like with it they wear a particular kind of hat and the charm magic doesn't work uh, doesn't matter do what you like made of a certain foiled tin yeah yeah <laughs> you've got the option once they go to, okay they've they've cocked up their their conversation, their persuasion plan, let's give them another route. Alternatively, you could think if, if they're planning in the bar, how are we going to disrupt the thing? They might hear, didn't you hear he's been holed up in his tower for three weeks straight, for three whole days? Like the demo rats are planning an attack, and you've got, oh, okay, well, then there's a potential distraction on the cards or whatever. Let that play itself out mm-hmm. let your players tell you what that should be and give yourself the week to figure it out. Yeah, so, so there's been like a failed attack already, and that's why it's holed up until the address, you know, we're expecting yeah. another attack during the rally, so he's upped his security. Quite. Oh no, more people for the party to fight on their way to assassinating him. Yeah. Okay. There should also be some thing in place, just mechanically, that astride Dawn, there will be some... In, in his inner circle, I think we also want to have some like secret service high-level wizards who okay. will just be around to counterspell anyone that just tries to directly manipulate him from the crowd. Because okay. that seems like an easy thing for your party to do. I just want to say, we've got Secret Service up there, whose job it is, is purely to know counterspell. Sure. Okay, so so let's think then about the actual address. And I guess you'd need to think a little bit about what you're going to say. But again, rhetoric about... Um, you know, the plague's not real. Everyone, drink your cure. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> the cure for the plague is not real, yeah. Yeah, and anyway, I have that sort of, like, that juxtaposition in what he's saying. Like, just, like, he's just, like, talking and waffling. And, like, that gives the party some time to, to go on. Yeah, and it should be exactly that. It should be, yeah, he loves the opportunity to hear himself speak. So yes. he will take his sweet-ass time. Yeah, cool. So that's happening. The party have uh, found their way into the crowd nearby. With, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm picturing a stage, like a wooden stage. Um, I was thinking more of a, a dress from a balcony. It's a little bit Hitler, but you know. Yeah, I guess I, you could do that. The only thing, though, is if he's still in his tower, he's less accessible to the party to get to him for the assassination. So Yeah, I, you're still on assassinating him, not convincing him to say something else. Oh, right. Okay. Talk me through your idea. Well, this isn't necessarily an idea. I was just thinking maybe like an overt assassination would definitely provoke a response from all of those followers from all the Secret Service, from everything, unless the magic was magically lifted. That's one option. Other yeah. option I'm thinking of, you've got uh, some sort of... As soon as you've, uh, you know, taken him out... I'm, again, I'm imagining a stage that's surrounded by people. 
and he's got his like he's got his secret service wizards and he's got his like you know thugs and cronies on the stage with him and a few post around so when yeah. combat happens you know you've got this sort of like scene happening and the, the crowd around you is sort of like keeping you in there's no yeah, escape okay. but they're not they're not joining you to start with like it's basically like no one everyone's sort of like shocked and shouting and stuff yeah they, they're just forming the boundaries of the combat arena yeah they are their action yeah as soon as you kill Dawn hmm. the whole thing collapses into the sewers below convenient gets everyone away a large explosion yes and then that's your escape and you know Ratmaster uh, is, is, is sort of leading you out to the outskirts of town whether you met them or not they will yeah. assess the situation and yeah. get you out of dodge Exactly. And that's like, cool. That's you know, dynamic. I like you that. Drop, you drop down, what, 20 feet? You take, yep. you know, you take your fall damage, and then the crowd above you, you can hear them shouting and looking down, but as like the sort of smokes, you know, the, sorry, the dust settling, like that's your opportunity to health potion everyone up and get out of there. Yeah, nice. I'm trying to think, how would I play it as well? Because I always like to think, how would I play this scenario? Mm-hmm. I would like to think I would allow a sufficiently well done bard to impersonate Dawn while he's talking and try and interject words. It's like, and now we will all not drink our bleach and let that work. One level on from that, cast silence over him. He's there talking. And then um, I'm thinking like thaumaturgy or like, you know, there's, there's other spells you can do for sounds, but like basically have, yeah. have, have an alternative speech. And then it's like a performance role to see how well you can imitate it. <laughs> and then at the end of it, he like lifts his cup and drinks and nobody else does. <laughs> and he goes down and yeah. Erebos turns up and he's well annoyed. Ooh, okay. Erebos does not. I don't want, don't want Erebos to turn up, but I feel as though this is like the event that if the death thing happens, Erebos... Because this might happen. It might all go wrong. You might completely fuck up and you think, yeah. well, the consequence of this action, I like the, the, I like the consequences to play out. Yeah. Generally, so I would have them all drink their thing. If they all died, Erebos is going to stake his claim. Okay, so let's let's say either way, you know, good or bad outcome. How is Erebos arriving on the scene? Is he just like manifesting above them, like you know, arms outstretched with the sort of the clouds darkening and sky just turning black? Is it like sort of classic godly villain turning up? Yeah, well, I think it has to. You have to have both things in mind. Do you think if everybody does the the dying, if everyone drinks the stuff, mm-hmm. Erebos gets what he wants. And so in that moment, sure, he turns up and then takes a form or that has a presence on the material plane that he could otherwise not have. Okay. Otherwise he turns up but without the you know, the death, he isn't able to maintain that form and disappears again. Yes. Yeah, and so yeah, even if it's just Dawn that drinks the the juice, or you kill Dawn, Erebos would still turn up and just give you like the Darth Vader no, and vanish off in a puff of anger. Yeah. So you think, okay, we don't know who that was, but we've we've stopped the ghostly voice from the sky. If if the death cult does happen, ghostly voice from the sky is still going to turn up, but I don't think they're going to like come down and immediately start fighting. They're just going to make their presence known, give some like grand show of power, like maybe just destroy the golden tower with a single swoop of the hand and then poof off i was thinking the same thing about the golden tower he has to like that's the giant bloody thing he has to interact with it in some way like he manifests that's nakatomi plaza it has to explode at the top doesn't it yeah like like i am here and just like smashes it down and gold sort of like and wood splints everything just falls out of the ground i guess i guess 
It's easy enough. He's a giant bloody god now on the material plane. He wouldn't even see a handful of adventurers. Unless he knew that they... I think the final one is, your adventurers killed Dawn. He would then turn up and know who you were. Yeah. Is there a scenario that could play out where everybody still dies and the adventurers still get specifically called out? I don't think there the is. only thing I can think of is if they try and attack him. Which yeah. I wouldn't put past them. <laughs> I, I roll to fight the cloud. <laughs> well, then I guess you, you fall back on the, you know, even if he turns up and, like, he sees the party, you know, and, like, if, if say, they attack him or anything, the floor can still explode and they fall through. And it's like, we've got to yeah. get out of here. And just knowing that the whole place has fallen to Erebus one way or another. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, like, you know, he's, he's gathering power to that area then, I guess. Um, yes. Hey, this, this, well, how would you play that out then? That's like your big bad evil guy now. Well, that's it. I think, yeah, now, now you've introduced the, the effect of a god wanting to turn up on the, the material plane. They are either going to try again or they're going to find another artifact that allows them to return or some, some other thing. You now know that there is a malevolent force that is trying to impose their will mm. on the place where you live. Given that he's now taken form on the material plane... Is that a permanent fixture, or is it just temporary? And the idea then being that he's going to do similar things to this at different places, different times. Ooh! It, does he does he make Springfield his domain, and you know, like there's a dark shadow over it forever now? Yeah. Does he fully sour on it, like corrupt the land? And yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't go outside of his domain, but he sends his. You know, because then he can start manifesting other creatures and evil beings in his area. At that point, we've gone past the, the Donald Trump thing and we're thinking beyond. Well, which is can, cool. This is fine. But you can bring what, Dawn the, back as any sort of undead creature. Yeah. He can continue to be his puppet. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, he could. Okay, well, in that case, Erebos has got to have like further motivations. Why did they want to be on the material plane? It's because they had no no stake, no skin in the godly game, so they want to, I don't know, usurp the existing gods, and so they, they're going to amass an army of souls, or they, they just, you know, they're just here as a stepping stone onto their bigger plan, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, this is their first foray into the material plane as we know it. Because sure. they're busy dealing with Theros material plane in an alternate reality. Yeah, and really all we're going to do here is we can use this as a soul farm to build up our armies, or we're going to amass enough death that the other gods don't get worshipped anymore, or exactly do something, and it all gets extraordinarily grandiose as a as a campaign, and that's, that's very much mushroomed, hasn't it? Yeah. As these things do, I think that's how you reveal big bads, isn't it, usually? Yeah, I've just got visions now of, like, you know, the level 18, 19, 20 party returning to this place, like... You know, years of real life campaigning afterwards, you know, returning to the barony of Springfield, like this evil contaminated place. And they fight through the monsters to get back to the city of Springfield. And there they find Erebos sat atop his golden throne, which is just the remnants of the tower that he's just sat in. And like, oh, I love that scene. It's like this is ground zero. This is where it started, where it ends. And now it's we're back here, bitches, and we're going to take you out, motherfucker. Yes, and that's actually quite good because it's sort of like Sephiroth. He was always in. He was always there. He was always accessible. He's just waiting, and you have to grind and grind and grind until you're strong enough to go to the North Cave and do the business. Yeah, like you, you know, there's a fight on, and he's like, "I'll wait. Come at me. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my things." But you know, 
It's like he does. It's, like, it's the whole uh, Thanos thing. I don't even know who you are. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's got big. Anyway, that is how I would run Donald Trump in D and D. I would turn him into that character, someone who has accidentally become a conduit of a um, of a usurper god. I like it a lot. I like the idea that when the tower gets knocked down as well, when you said it's all like golden wood splinters, that actually that's just a golden facade and it crumbles very easily. Exactly. Yeah. Inside, it's not even a stone tower. It's like wood and... Um, it's like scaffold wood. and... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I like that. That's, that's, but on, that's but on it's point. But it's huge. It's so big that, that, again, at the end, Erebos is sort of sat... Like, basically, imagine when he appears, punching off the top... And it like yeah. splinching out, and then you know later on he sort of just sat in what's left, and he can put his arms up on the sides of it. They're still there. Oh, okay. So the, the tower itself is the throne because he's yeah, just so large. exactly. So he's yeah, just like, like this yeah, is yeah. this is the only structure in the area that's going to be suitable. He's just going to sit in it. I like it. I like the biting satire of the the golden facade. Yeah, nice. yeah. No, that's, that, I should have said that's that's what I imagined it like as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the same page. Excellent. Cool. I think we're done. I think we're done. That's that's how I'd do that. Nice. I like that episode a lot. That was really fun. I like that we've constructed, you know, potentially an entire campaign story <laughs> from this one character. Um, you know, we could have got into the nitty gritty a bit more about like like stat blocks and like who's his party, what you know. But like hmm. again, it's it's like a lot of things we talk about. You could do pretty much anything for any level of party. You know, you start out with regular thugs. If you're low level, you go up to you know stat blocked NPCs that mm. fighters he has a, a load of fighters you could have barbarians whatever you want like regular sort of leveled PC type characters if it's more I think the reason I took it the way that I did from the prompt was because just in pop culture Donald Trump as a character is someone who is you know he was the president of the US he was at the top of that particular thing which means it should be quite an inaccessible level to people in general so I didn't want to make them someone that you can just walk up and fight. It would be different if you'd said Dog the Bounty Hunter or you know, a character <laughs> who is basically like walking around in the real world. You know, um, Alan Titchmarsh. You might expect to see him in a garden somewhere. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of things, people that you might be able to access versus yeah. the, the celebrity that we've chosen here is at such a high point that it didn't seem plausible to say, you walk into town and you come across Donald Trump, who's yeah. just in the town doing something, and he's a rogue for some reason. So I wanted to turn them more into a a character rather than a bag of hit points to fight. Yep, yeah. and that's really good. I, I do like that, and I think I think I get the point that you're making as well about you sort of like your mid level celebrities in a game of fantasy adventure. You could in some way find out their address and turn up. Yes, with with someone of this level of of prominence, you can't just turn up his tower, knock on the door, and get let in. Sure, you know. And don't get me wrong; there, there could have been other prompts, as you said, that where where that is appropriate, and it might be that they're running around doing what they do. Yeah, if it were Alan Titchmarsh, maybe they are going door to door, ruining people's <laughs> gardens and planting gnomes or something, and just generally causing a bit of terror. Which is in itself the prompt I wish I thought of for today's session. I'm about to say, <laughs> is this what you're going to ask me in a minute? Like, how would you run Alan Titchmarsh? <laughs> You know, for research, I'm just going to watch loads of Ground Force. Um, oh, my gosh. But you see what I'm getting at. That, yeah. that's, that's how I ended up in this idea of I want to turn them into a character, a focal point. Yep. It makes sense. It works. There's enough sort of like little references and things dropped in for the you know the characters to pick up on it, especially when they see the Golden yeah. Tower. You know, that's that's probably going to yeah. give it away. Um, but I mean, even that, you could be subtle, you know, like like 
it wouldn't be such a big deal in a, in a in a fantasy world to have a tower made of gold. No, you just think whoever lives there is probably a big deal. Yeah, like no, I like it. I think it's really good. I think if if that's something you can do in your game and keep it on the download up to the point when he starts the address after all the titles have been read out, and then it's like, <laughs> what a great day to drink bleach. You know, or whatever fucking else, like anything, whatever you've written for your lovely Trump speech, like, and that's the moment then when the penny drops the party. That'd be that'd be so for for a DM. That would be so yeah. rewarding. I'd want to do that one in person if possible, because it's all about the the pouts and the head turns and the hands. <laughs> and yes, all the, like you just you sell it. You really go caricature into the rot and, and funny. It, but again, if you can keep on the download till then, that's yeah, like ooh, that's worth. That's worth the, the weeks and the months of planning <laughs> and the character backstories being linked into the story and, you know, that payoff, that's why you DM. It's worth questioning if you've accidentally joined a terrorist organisation who are planning to blow up the leader of the free world. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap it up there because that's, that's all she, he, I wrote. Beautiful. I like it. We've got a lot out of it. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting our dear leader, Baron Dawn of Springfield and the Extended Territories. That's me. Unifier of the Reach. So true. Enforcer of hard labor. Break those rocks. Dispeller of myths. Fake news, folks. Champion of business. Such a great Doubter deal. of science. Gotta get those and nerds. And bestest leader ever. Don't you forget it. The crowd erupts in applause and Dawn spends a minute drinking it up before raising a tiny hand asking for peace. All right, folks, what a great day to cure the plague. What plague? I don't see any plague. Can you? I can. Can't hit what you can't see. I see you all before me, down there, where you belong. Many, many people have told me, Dorn, because that's my name, Dorn, great name, strong, like a bear. There's a sickness from the east, and it's killing us. So sad. So I ordered the nurse to find a cure. They spent months, and what happened? They said it couldn't be done so fast. We gotta be, we gotta be clean. So I said, genius moment here, folks. Why don't we just clean the people? They said, there's no way. I said, watch me. Every household has one special chemical to keep things clean. I know that if we just put that chemical inside us, that's gotta work. But some of the brain boxes said it was dangerous. I banished them, I banished the non-believers, and I brought you, my favorites, here today to end this once and for all. Do you all have your tankards? Great. Fill them up, join me, after I say these magic words to make it taste good. Suddenly, a string of small explosives detonates, weakening the gold-laden stage and causing the center to collapse inwards and fall down into the sewers below. At the same time, using the confusion as cover, Snips jumps into the hole and sinks a blade into the neck of the bemused Baron, silencing his madness forever. The crowd begin to riot. Tightly robed wizards adjust their darkened eyewear and frantically cast message spells to each other, trying to get control of the situation. Then, the top of the golden tower explodes outwards, and a topless figure of a man riding a bear is visible for all to see. Witnessing his latest plans fail and fizzle out, he himself begins to fade from sight with a haunting scream. Noise. Next week, then. Late on me. My, my friend, yeah. Um, 
back to the monster manual for this one. Mm-hmm. Page 192, the invisible stalker. How would you run that? Nice. You've not given me a monster yet, so I'm excited for this. Yeah. Nice. I will check out that page. I'll make sure I read it properly. And I'll get back <laughs> to you next week. There are plenty of other resources, of course, I'm sure you'll find them, but that's the, the, the core bit. I just want to direct anyone else who wants to have a little look. That is where it is. Yeah, see what you make of it. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of our D&D podcast, How Would You Run That? Please give a like, a subscribe, wherever it is you get your podcasts. In particular, it'd be great if you could leave us some comments on iTunes and voice notes on the Anchor platform, anchor.fm. Spread the word, and we'll speak to you again next week. Thanks, everyone. Catch you later.